You know, last night, um, I think we had I think 18 men last night for men's um, for um, men's meeting. And, um, you know, I want to I want to tell you that God is a God that answers prayer. And, um, you know, I, I shared with the men last night. Um, and this is a little a little segue into I'm going to preach tonight, but uh, a little segue into, um, you know, my heart around, you know, seeing that many men last night, you know, and it, it ranged into Greg's and I's age to younger, so, uh, so, because, you know, we're, we're young adults now, Greg and I, we're trying to get into the young men's Bible study, so, um, but, y- you know, it, it's just remarkable to see what God's doing, and, you know, and just to, to be in that meeting last night, it was special, you know, you could just feel, you could just feel the presence of God, you could feel the love of God, and it was, uh, you know, Brother Stephen did a great job with the word last night. And, uh, you know, it was just, it, it, was, it was exciting. It was exciting to just uh, to come in and get refreshed by the word of God. But, uh, you know, that whole thing, iron sharpens iron. That's, that's what was taking place last night. And you could just feel that in the house. And, uh, you know, but I, what, what I was going to say was, you know, for me, it's, it's been a prayer point. It's been something I prayed for coming back to West Virginia because I'd shared with the men last night, you know, in many of the churches growing up, I, you know, I remember even if I visited a church or something like that, you would always see a lot of women in church, and uh, you would see the women and the kids. But you know, my prayer has been for this house since we started that that this would be a, this would also be a house where men men flourished, amen, and 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 men learned how to lead in their homes, amen. So so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the men coming out. I know we're going to grow the men's. I, I you know I see it you know this year, and. Um, and there'll be more to come about that later. But I just, uh, being as I have the mic, I just wanted to shout out to all the men in the house. Praise God. I'm glad you guys were here. And uh, I'm glad all the men are here tonight. Praise God. Because, you know, on a midweek, mid, mid, midweek service to get men in the house, is, it's, it's, it's great. Amen. It's, I'm thankful for the women, too. So I don't want to, you know, please understand. Don't, no, nobody throw no shoes at me or anything. I'm thankful for the women that the women are here tonight. Praise Jesus. We love you. Um, yeah, many of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Praise Jesus. So, um, we're grateful and thankful. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. I guess I was going to say Matthew 24. So I'm not preaching on end times tonight. We jumped into that subject uh, about a week or so ago in a life group, and it was, uh, was powerful. Um, Matthew 28. I want to pick up at verse 18. And, um, you know, this morning I, I, I woke up um, before, you know, before our prayer call. And when I, as soon as I woke up, my, I, I, I literally, the words coming out of my mouth was make a disciple. I, you know, it was like, it, literally, that was, it was the words coming right out of my mouth this morning when I woke up was make a disciple, be a disciple, make a disciple, be a disciple. And, you know, and I, I went and had lunch today with a brother, and, and, you know, even after I left that, I just, then I run into another brother, and I'm just like, you know, and I'm just like, you, you know, it's, you know, I, I can't let this go. So I, I felt like the Lord wanted me over the next few weeks, you know, we've talked about, we've talked about evangelism, we've talked about soul winning. And so, you know, we've, we've been charged up on Wednesdays, and I know the GO team's getting active, we're going to be doing some outreaches and different things. But I, I really felt like the Lord was, you know, kind of steering me this direction to take a few Wednesdays and talk about discipleship and what discipleship is. Because I feel like sometimes there's a lot of there's a lot of it's, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen when when you when you when you go into making a disciple. And I'll share some personal story. But 
But I want to look at the Word of God. I, want to, I really want to dissect the Word of God and look at this tonight and, um, and just jump into the Word. Amen? Amen. So Matthew uh, 28, 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Take your Bible, go to Mark chapter 16 real quick. And I'm going to have you go to Luke after that. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 16. And he, I'm sorry, I'll wait a second. Mark chapter 16, verse uh, uh, 16, uh, picking up at 15. And he said to them, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will no means hurt them. They will lay, home, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Uh, pick up at verse 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it's necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And the repentance and the remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Father, tonight I thank you. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you, Father, that God, that Lord, you've commissioned us. You, you've commissioned the church to go. So, Father, in this final hour, this, this, this hour of time that we have, that, you, that you've given us to be here, Father, I pray, Lord, let, let a fire begin to be ignited in each and every one of us, Father, that, that, Lord, that you've called us. You've called us to go and make disciples. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that this will be a house of discipleship. This will be a house of prayer. This will be, a, God, God, this will be, a, this will will be a house of healing father and lord we thank you we thank you lord for the high calling in jesus mighty name amen amen hallelujah i um wow so i just i feel the holy ghost even as i even as i read these scriptures because you know when i think about the great commission i i you know i i hear that word go there's a lot of things that um that i that i feel like you know that a lot of people sometimes wait on. They, they, they're, they're waiting to feel equipped by God before they go. I, I don't know if that's anybody in here, but, but you know, it's like um, you, you feel the unction to go and tell somebody. You feel the unction to share the good news with someone, but something steps in or, 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 or blocks it, or you'll be in a conversation with someone, and someone you, you're in that point where you're getting ready to pray with someone. And, you know, a brother shared with me last night. He was like, I, was just, I just... The door had just opened for me to, to, to walk this guy into leading him to the Lord. And then our boss walked in. And he was like, you know, and it was like he was right there. There was a hook. Everything, everything was lining up. And, um, and, and I think about this, and I, and I think sometimes that, you know, this isn't in my notes, but in my spirit right now, I, I feel like sometimes that there's a lot of things that block believers and in, in, in going out and in, in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, you know, it can be a circumstance. It can be something at work. It can be, well, you're not supposed to, pros you're not, you're not supposed to share the gospel at work. You're, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. You, you know, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of things that have to roll through a person's mind. Um, 
you know, to share this good news. But, but I, think about, I think about the early church. They, they weren't restricted. But they dealt with the same things we dealt with. They dealt with, well, you know, are the religious people going to think I'm crazy if I just go out and win souls? Are, are, are people going to complain? Are people going to do this? Are people going to do that? I, I feel like they dealt with a lot of the same things, of course, that we deal with today. So let's get into what a disciple is. Let's get into what a disciple is. You know, um, you know the definition, um, the definition or the root of, the, uh, of disciple comes from the Latin word uh, disciplus, meaning student. You know, a lot of times we hear, we hear the word disciple uh, or we, we, hear, we hear the call of Jesus and, and Jesus, of course, says, follow me. Uh, and most people believe a, a disciple, a disciple is, is an actual follower, a follower of Christ. I would say that that's very true in the context of how we see it and how we view it. But in reality, it means student. It, it means being a student uh, uh, of Christ. It means being a student. Not, not only are you a, a follower, but you're a student. So I don't know if anybody in here has ever been a student before, but... Um, there are times I've been a good student, I've been a bad student. I'll leave it there. So, praise Jesus. But it, it, it's remarkable that if you begin to look at the, the context of, of what Jesus is saying as he's with his disciples, before he, before he ascends into heaven, he's, he's, he's laying something out before his disciples. And he's telling his disciples to go. Go and make disciples. Go and teach. Go gather the people. Uh, you, you think about that. You know, this happened some 2,000 years ago, and that, and, and that mandate is still given to the church today. You know, why, why, why do we not see as many, you know, many, you know, discipled or whatever? I, 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 you know, I feel like sometimes it's because we ourselves don't understand what it means to make a disciple. We ourselves are, you know, feel like we're being, we're, we're being discipled, right? You know, you're in church tonight. You're hearing the word of God. You're, you're being discipled. You're, you're, being, you're being raised up, amen. But if you guys know, if you stick around here very long, one of the things that you're going to hear us talk a lot about is, you know what? Not only are you going to be a disciple, but you're going to make a disciple. Amen, because see, that's, that's, that's the important piece of Christianity that, that, that I, 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 I fear, not fear, but I feel sometimes we miss. You know, his last words were to go. His last words were the commission given to the people. Other, other, than, and other than in the book of John, you'll, you'll find that Jesus, as, as the book of John's closing out, he's talking to Peter and one of his great disciples. And he's, he's beginning to, to prepare Peter, what I believe was, was the day of Pentecost. He, he, was, he, was, you know, the, you know, he was sharing with, with, with Peter, this is what you're going to have to do for my name's sake. And, of course, we know that, you know, the day of Pentecost, Peter preached. He preached, he preached with what? He preached with a boldness. He preached with a fire. He preached with the Holy Ghost. And, of course, you'll find that, you know, as we closed out Luke there, Luke, in, 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 you know, in Luke, um, yeah, in Luke 24, you know, Jesus was, you know, he was telling them, you know, behold, I, I'm sending something. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Terry in Jerusalem, wait on this because you need this. And that was the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to talk about even that tonight. Because, but but it's, it's important to understand that 
To be discipled and to make a disciple, I'm telling you, to, to have the Holy Spirit is very, very important. I, I, believe, it's a pre, I believe it's a requirement, amen? You know, I, I remember, you know, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, you know, sharing that. You know, we don't send people on the streets that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't send people out that don't have power. Because, you know, when you go out on the streets, you, you know, I remember Killa talking about, you know, the time that he went into the projects down there and he was, he was in a sky rise. And, you know, next thing you know, he was standing with five drug dealers and everybody's got pistols and shoved down in their pocket. And he was like, I didn't know what to do other than preach with power. So I, you know, and next thing I know, they're laying their guns on the table or, you know, and, and he said, you know, and I got them, we got them all, I've got them all, you know, we're holding hands and we're, we're praying the prayer of salvation. And, and the power, that's what the power of God does. So understand, we need the power of God to make disciples, amen, so people don't fall away, so people don't fall away. Praise God, praise God. You know, there, there, there are truly requirements to becoming a disciple of Christ. Um, you know, but before I get into even, even to, to begin to get into that tonight, you know, I just, I wanted to share a bit of my testimony in, in, in making a in making a disciple, because I, you, I could, I, you could hear many, many things over the years, you know, make disciples, make disciples, and, and, and not until probably then when Rand and I went to Hawaii did I realize what discipleship was really about, what, what, it, what it meant to, to be a disciple. You know, it truly means to be, it, it, you, you place yourself, you, you place yourself to be used by God. No matter the time, no matter the hour, no matter, you know, you guys think, well, that's, that's crazy. Well, it's, it's really not. Because when you say, you know what, I'm, I'm all in and I'm willing to be used by God. And I'm willing to be, you know, in conversations with people that aren't easy. Because, you know, what God does is he, he, put, he puts people in the trenches. You know, ultimately, that, that's what it takes. You know, I, you know. I think about the conversations that I had with people, you know, early on when I went to Hawaii, and I, I realized that not only was I learning how to make a disciple, I myself was becoming a disciple of Christ. Because one of the things that I realized is I'm, as I'm going out and making a disciple or I'm getting in someone's life, man, I need the power of God. I mean, it, it causes you to pray. It causes you to go places that you, that, you, know, that, that, you know, Lord, I need your help. There, there's no way that I can do this on my own. I, I, I truly need your help. I, I need your help to be able to, 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 to stand. I need your help to be able to be here. Because, you know, in reality, I mean, our, our first five or six months, you know, and it's probably like, you know, those, those that have moved from Hawaii here, your first five, six months or a year is like, what in the world did I just do? Did, did, did I make, is this the, was this, what, what, what decision did I make other than to chase after God, other than to serve God, other than to learn to depend upon God? And I learned that very quickly in Hawaii. I needed the Lord. I needed the Lord. I needed to be a disciple of God, but I also needed that so that I could also make disciples. And I'm going to tell you, in, in the short of it, being a disciple of Christ and being a follower of Christ, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. I, you know, I, I realize that. In the short of it, you know, you know, the cost for us when we made the move, 
you know, I don't count financial things as a cost, but but things were very well in our life. We we, you know, we're we're doing very very well. Businesses are are, are very very good. So you know, I realized, but you know, I wasn't hanging on to any any aspect of cost because I I knew I knew that I knew that God had called, and so. In that, I know that God's going to provide. Amen? I know that I have to be in a place of trusting God. In the short of it, I, I want to get to this point, I guess. Your responsibility as a disciple maker is to connect people to Jesus Christ. First and foremost. Because you yourself, you're, 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 you, can be great at, you can be great at a lot of things. But my responsibility even tonight is not to point you towards Brad or Miranda. <laughs> We're here to help, but man, I'm telling you, you, you got to dig in and find Jesus, amen? You've got you've to step into another, uh, another area of, 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 of trusting in Him, trusting fully in Jesus Christ, trusting fully in Jesus Christ. You know, discipleship, and maybe even out of last night, I, I realized discipleship is, is truly doing life with people. Doing life with people, people, power, and purpose. I, you know, it's what Casey is. It's, it's doing life with people where, where you can actually come to a place. And just like last night, I, it, it was so remarkable because, you know, people are asking questions. People are talking. People are coming to me at the end of the meeting and said, you know, Brother Stephen shared this story, and I had a similar thing happen. And it's like in a whole brand new world's opening up because people now feel like they can come into a place where they, where they, can, where they can unpack or they can unwind, and, it, and it's a safe place. I'm telling you, shouldn't, shouldn't church be a safe place? Shouldn't our life groups be a safe place where we can, where we can come in? I mean, don't, don't gossip. Don't, I want to just even, you know, don't, don't, it, you know, if somebody's unloading some stuff, a, a brother or a sister in Christ, don't gossip. Don't go out and say, well, you know, guess what? You know, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You, you encourage, you build. And that's, that's the mark of discipleship, is being in the lives of people. I remember at times there were, there were hours. I, you know, on a Sunday evening, we, would have, we could have 20 or 30 people in our house. And it was a small house. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a big house or anything. 20, 30 people, you know, from the, from the lanai outside to the inside. And then sometimes there would be 30 people in my living room. And at 10 or 11 o'clock, kids would just fall asleep. They would be laying upside down, heads hanging off. I mean, it, I, I would love to have the pictures. But we were, you know what it was? We were there. We were doing life together. See that, and that's what the that's what the church is called to, to be, and that's what the, the church is called to do. It's called to do that, and to be that. And when sometimes we would we would just have a prayer meeting, and next thing you know, it, you'd be in prayer meeting for three hours in the home. Amen. You know that you can have a three hour prayer meeting in your home. Praise Jesus. Went to break bread one night and have food, and we we had to put the food back in the fridge and back in the back in the oven. The joy of the Lord hit. We started weeping. Under the power of God, you know, we, we laugh first, but then we weeped under the power of God. And it, it, it's just, it's moving to a place where you're experiencing life. True discipleship. Being in the lives of one another. Iron sharpened iron. I mean, you know, and, and see, that, that's what it takes. That's what it takes because I'm going to tell you, there's a real enemy, there's a real devil. He, you know, and I see it so often. He wants to isolate. He wants to cut people away from the church. You, 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 you see it all the time. 
People hurt, people offended, people upset, people, you know, whatever. Man, we, we've, all, we've all had stuff. I've said this many times. We've all dealt with stuff. We've all had stuff where, where we could allow an offense to, to, to grow. Someone will come along and water your offense, I promise you. Someone will come along and pat you on the back and want to help you with your offense. It happens all the time. I'm talking about discipleship. Let me get back to that. So the first demand or requirement that, it, that we make is our call to, to, be a, to be a potential disciple. We have to understand what we're getting into. What, what, what are you getting into when you say yes to Jesus Christ? Because, you know, again, I, sometimes I, th I think about the series that I've been going through in Sunday mornings about growing up or not growing up. It's we're maturing. That's the word. We're maturing. But, I, I, you know, I think sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't grasp the fullness of what Jesus Christ himself is, is asking, asking us to do. Jesus, I mean, simply put, in Matthew 4, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And just keep your Bible actually in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. I'm just going to read this real quick. I'm going to jump over to Luke 9.23, and then I'm going to come back to Matthew 4. Luke 9.23, it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what a man is advantaged if he shall... What, what, I'm sorry. For what is a man advantaged if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul or be cast away for whoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the son of man be ashamed when they <clears throat> when he shall come in his own glory in his father and his only angels and uh, it, it's interesting because Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 one of the things he's doing he's 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 calling he's saying look come and follow me come and follow me and what did what, what did he do they laid down their nets and they followed Jesus and in Luke 9.23, you know, it, it's an interesting passage, but by the, time, by the time Jesus had released this word, the twelve had been preaching, and they'd been out healing and, and, you know, for, you know, for more than two years. Where, wherever they went or wherever, wherever, wherever they were at, they got to see Jesus do mighty signs, mighty works, mighty wonders. But, you know, it's interesting because Jesus, even with his disciples, you know, one of the things that, that, that Jesus had them do early on in his ministry they baptized people. They baptized people. Jesus, he put his disciples to work. So, you know, Jesus is saying, look, come follow me, come follow me. And they go and follow Jesus. But Jesus now begins to be an example. And, you know, and he's, and he's putting his disciples. Could you imagine the baptisms that when Jesus went? I mean, you know, he was preaching to the crowds. You know, and, he, and his disciples would go and they would baptize people. One of the remarkable things about being a follower of Christ, and, and I wasn't going to touch on, to, uh, touch on it tonight, but to be a follower of Christ, you have to realize that that, that takes priority 
over, over your family, over your friends? You know, you, what do you mean family, Pastor Brad? Well, we can look at some scriptures tonight and even see what Jesus even says. About it. I'm not saying you have to forego your family. I'm not saying that's, that's, that, that, you, that you have to that you have to forgo your family. But, but if your family is holding you back from answering the call of God or serving Jesus, yes, you need to leave your family behind. And I've seen that happen several, several times. You know, when Pastor Moran and I, you know, left, I, I remember, you know, my mom was widowed and um, had a business. And I knew that there was a real call. I knew gen- there was a genuine call to go into the missions field. You know, in the natural, listen, in the natural, it's not easy to leave things behind. It's not easy to leave family. It's not easy to leave friends. But but I'm going to tell you what happens is God God will cover them. He will will protect your family. Amen? There's a real covering that will come over your family when you say yes to Jesus. There's a real covering. You know, in 1 Kings 19, you know, and I love the story because, you know, Elijah, when he appeared to Elijah, you know, he got the orders from the Lord and the Lord told him, he said, you know, you go and you anoint him. And I, you know, and at the place where Elijah shows up, Elisha says this, he says, please let me go and kiss my father and mother, then I will follow you. And he said to them, go back for what have I done to done, what have I done for you? You know, and, and even in that statement, it was like, uh, you know, Elijah was, was anointing Elijah and saying, look, this is what I'm getting ready to place on you as a mantle. I'm getting ready to place, you know, you're going to become a disciple. You're going to become a student. You're going to become a student of mine. It, it, ultimately, it's your choice. It, 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 you know, when I talk about discipleship, it's ultimately your choice whether or not you choose to be a disciple of Christ. Or to be a disciple maker. Amen. I just want to encourage everybody in here that you can be a disciple maker. You know, you, you, you yourself tonight, you can be a disciple maker. A lot of times people think, well, man, I've got, I've got to have it all figured out. No, you, you don't have to have it all figured out. You have to be a believer of Jesus Christ. That's the prerequisite. You have to be a believer of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, pastor, what about this? No, you have to be a believer of Jesus Christ. That's the prerequisite of becoming a disciple maker. I'm not saying there aren't other things that you, that you don't need, but that's the beginning start. And a lot of times the reason people don't start in this is because they don't feel worthy enough. They don't, well, you know, I, there's no way that I could do this. I, you know, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. My family's doing this. My family's doing that. So they begin to, they begin to place all these, all these things out here, dis, you know, things that are, are seemingly a disadvantage. And you know what the enemy's doing? The, the, the enemy, the devil, he's saying, yeah, that's right. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't be a disciple maker because you've got this, because you've got that. But one of the things that I, I, I want to share with you tonight, because, you know, sometimes you've got to leave. You've got to leave the past behind when you choose to step into God's calling, God's purpose, and His plan for your life. You've got, you've got to say, you know what, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to lay this aside. Doesn't mean that you don't love. Doesn't mean that you don't care. I'm going to choose to be. I'm going to choose to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to choose to be a disciple of Him. Take your Bibles. Go to Luke real quick. I let me just let me go there. I wasn't going to go there, but let's go to Luke chapter nine. So you know Christ, you know. 
Christ takes priority over, over family, over family claims. That, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't mean that you're leaving your husband or, or your wife behind. It, you, you pray for them. The Bible tells us what to do, or it, it gives us instruction. You'll always find that there's great instruction in the Word of God. You're not leaving them behind. I, I shared that story, you know, last week when I was with, you know, Miranda and I had been married for a, a little bit of time, and, you know, I had a hard time getting up for Sunday mornings. And she looked at me sat that Saturday night. She said, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm going to be early tomorrow. I'm not walking in church late. And me and the kids are going to church. And so I, okay, you know, I, I just, you know, that's all I said was okay. And at 10.15, she walked out the door. And guess what I was doing? I was trying to put my boots on. So I had a choice to make. You know, I had a choice to, you know, do, well, I'm just going to stay. You know, And I stayed home that day, grumbled, complained. But I realized I realized, you know, that she had had, you know, she, she had a desire to be in the house of God. You know, have a desire to be in the house of God. Amen. So, you know, in that situation, Christ was taking priority because she knew the importance of getting the kids to the house of God. Even, you know, even if I was going to be late, my wife knew the, knew the reason, knew the purpose of getting our kids to the house of, house of God. Luke 9, yes, let's pick up at 57. 57, because let's look at some of what Jesus says. It says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to them, foxes have holes and birds have airs, but nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus. That's pretty powerful, and that's pretty bold. There was one time Miranda and I were preaching at a service, and uh, my grandmother had passed away. And... Um, and the service kind of went on, and at the end of service, we, we had an altar call, and the altars were packed. There was probably, I don't know, 50, 60 people in the altars, and we, we just started laying hands on people and praying for people, and power of God was moving, and, and uh, they knew that I had a funeral to go to. But I, I, I wasn't going to leave this. My grandmother was saved. She, she went to heaven. That's a body that I'm going to see. And I realized at that point, you know, this scripture, I remember, this scripture popped into my mind. It's like, and I don't mean it to be, please understand, I don't mean it to be harsh or sound negative. Let the dead bury the dead. My grandma's in heaven. So God has a, you know, I, I'm walking in my calling. I'm walking in my purpose. God, you know, and, and people got touched that day. And I remember the pastors coming up to me saying, you know, you probably need to go now. No, 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 I, need, I don't need to go. <laughs> you know, God's moving. And, uh, you know, you, you know, it, anyway. No, we're, we, we got to be divinely about what God's purpose is and what God's called us to do. Amen. We need to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Be a disciple. You know, to follow him is. Um, you, you, you have a choice to make <laughs> when you follow Christ. And. Um, I think about the things that you have to renounce. You have to renounce the, the works of the enemy over your own life. You have to renounce pride. You have to, reni you have to renounce the, the you know, foolish talk, some of the things that we've been talking about on Sunday morning. You have to renounce these things. You have to kick those things out of your life. And that's why I feel like it's important that we go through some of the elementary things. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, think about Paul's life. Paul wasn't a, he wasn't a disciple of Jesus. He wasn't in the 12. But when he got saved and he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he now become a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And everywhere he went, he, he, I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a slave to Christ. Because he had had an encounter and he had met Jesus. Did the Apostle Paul have it all figured out the day that Ananias laid hands on him and you know, he went out full of the power of God? I, I don't believe that he had it all figured out. You know, people thought he was still a murderer. I'm not, I don't want to meet with him. He's killing Christians. And now you're telling me he's changed? Did he not meet ridicule? Did he not meet, did he not meet some opposition? He met opposition. But you know what? He had a testimony. Amen? I'm telling you, see, that's, that's what will change us, is, is a testimony. It's, it's the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ in our life. But he become a disciple of Christ. And then what did Paul do? He become a disciple maker. You know, he, he became a disciple maker. You know, he brought Timothy in. You know, we're going to talk about the laying on of hands, the importance of, of, of things that take place in the, in the Bible, why we do these things. Amen? You know, it's what he told Timothy. Fan that flame, Timothy. You know, you've had hands laid on you, Timothy. Fan that flame. You know, keep moving in faith, Timothy. Don't back down. Keep moving. Amen? You know, since you were a young man, you know, you, you've had the Holy Ghost. You know, so, you know Paul, Paul knew this. He knew this. How important it is for each of us to be in someone's life. If you get anything tonight, please, please hear that. Get that. Get that tonight. Take that away tonight. How important it is for you to be in someone's life. And I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like all spiritual. It doesn't have to be. You know, I, I spent, I, I remember the first six months to a year, my relationships was pe with people were, were going to the beach Going on a two and a half hour drive to Taco Bell. You know, people, why are you leaving church on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock and driving clear to town? To a five hour trip, round trip. Why are you doing that? It's about discipleship. It's about discipleship. It's about putting $150 in my truck to go out and buy 40 tacos. And everybody sleep on the way home. Because we laugh. You know, we, we, we talk about the word of God. We listen to a sermon. We go outside. We pray for people. You know, I, I mean, if we went to Taco Bell and if there were any homeless around, we prayed for every one of them and we always fed them. We always give them food. You buy me food? Yeah, I'll buy you food, but you're going to hear something else. We're going to pray for you tonight. You know, I remember Killis. I don't have any money. Silver or gold, I don't have. But what I have, get up out of there and walk. And you know, guy was like shaking. You know, he was, he was like shaking. You know, what, you, what do you mean? That's a, you know, and, and the guy got up. He got up. You know, and that, that's it, see, because see what happens, iron sharpens iron, and you begin to exercise your faith. You get around people that want to, that, you know, that will, that will push you in faith. It's like men's last night. You get around men where, you know, men encourage men, amen. Next thing you know, you got a team of people running around, you know, preaching Jesus, on fire for the king, amen. And people, what, what are you doing? It, we're winning souls. We're getting people saved. We're taking people to heaven. Amen. We're making disciples. Amen. It's in the smaller things. Please hear that tonight. It's in, it's in the smaller things. I, I think sometimes we think it's, it's, everything's got to be over-spiritualized. Over Man, sometimes you just need to have a good conversation with a brother or sister in Christ and to process something. 
You know, to, to allow, to allow, to allow God to begin to mold, to allow God to, to begin to just speak to your heart. I don't want to move away from that. I don't want the body of Christ to move away from that. I don't want us to be like, well, you know, you, you know I, I don't, please, I don't want it to sound wrong. I, I don't want us to be just a church that we meet on Sundays. Because a lot happens the other six days a week. That's true. I don't want to be where I don't know people's names. Amen. I have trouble with names sometimes. But, but I, I don't want to be where I don't know the people's names in this house. Amen. Whether we be a thousand member church, I, I want to know people's names. Amen. I want to be able to, to let people know, hey, you have access. You have access. Amen. You know, we don't, Miranda and I don't slip out the back door after church. We're, we're, we're not like that. You know, we've got to get out of here now. Got to protect my anointing. I, I mean, we're, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're getting in the lives of people. Amen. That's what discipleship is. God's called us to be disciple makers. He's called us to be disciple makers. You know, Paul, I, and, and I love that because you know what? He, 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 wasn't one of the, he wasn't one of the 12. But you know what? What he knew, he, he would suffer much for the, for, the, for, for, the, for the name of Jesus. And that was, that was within his assignment. And you know what? He still answered the call. Jesus put, you know, and I love this because, you see, Jesus, he put, he put the disciples to work. Go back to Matthew chapter 4 real quick. Because after Jesus, after, you know, after Jesus, he, he, he um, after Jesus called his, called his disciples, he said, follow me. You, you, you'll see right in, in Matthew 4, 23. This is what Jesus did. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching in the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought him to heal the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee to Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And, you know, he went, he went about doing good. And guess who got to see all that? His disciples. His disciples. And then what does Jesus do a, a few months later? He releases his disciples to go do the same thing that he's doing. Go heal the sick. Go cleanse the leper. Go tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. They, didn't, they, weren't, they weren't trained for 20 years to be told what to do. They were released in ministry. They were released in ministry. Get, get that. They were released in ministry months, months after they got to see what Jesus was doing. You know, I think about the order in which Jesus, you know, he preached and he healed, permitting them to watch his ministry. He, they they got to watch. That's actually in Matthew 9. And, 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 then, he, and then, you know, Matthew 9, 36, he, he let them perceive it. He, they seen the compassion that Jesus had. So guess what? They got to they got they got to witness Jesus. He had compassion for the people. He was teaching them to have compassion for people. My my my! I, I want you to I want you to hear that because see, Jesus wants us to be compassionate people. Amen. Not to be lazy in our minds. Not 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 to care about people. Oh yeah, they'll figure it out. No no no, help them figure it out. Get in the boat with some people. And, you know. It, it, you know, get get in, get in the boat, amen. Get in the boat. He was compassionate. You know, and you know what Jesus did. You know, he commanded his disciples to pray. 
You know, think, think, you know, it's why we've had such a strong emphasis on prayer. You know, because I, you know, we knew early on that this had to be a house of prayer. There's no way we can sustain the work. There's no way, you know, doctor, the first time I met him, we were, we were having ice cream together, sharing a big bowl of ice cream. It's not, it's an unusual experience, really. I mean, when you're sitting with our senior pastor and he orders a ice cream and he's like four Sundays and, and we, he gets spoons and, you know, I don't really know him all that well, but he was like, we'll just all eat out of the same ice cream thing. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> so... But I asked him walking out of the, out of, and I said, doctor, I said, you know, I'm just curious, what's the, what's the greatest miracle you've ever seen? What's, what's the, you know, you've been, I mean, just, I've read some of his material, I'd see, you know, and he looks at me and says, you know, he said, brother, he said, it's prayer. I'll talk like myself. He said, it's, it's prayer. That when you, that when you, that when you can, uh, you can see assembled in our house on a Monday through Friday, a hundred. 200, 300, and then revival prayer on a Sunday morning. Two, 300 people come to the house of God for prayer. He said, that's what sustains us. And see, and Jesus knew something here. He knew something. It was, you know, to, to be a disciple of Christ, man, you, you, have to, you have to pray. Amen. I'm not just talking about corporate prayer. We pray corporately. That's important. But you also need individual time. Jesus, Jesus talked about it. He told us how we should pray. Amen. Uh, hopefully I'll get to that. I don't know if I'll get to that tonight. He commanded them to, to pray earnestly for workers. And that's in 935. Pray for the harvest. He, you know, the Bible, the, the Bible tells us to pray for the harvest. Do we pray for the harvest in the morning times? Yeah, we do. We pray, pray for the labors. Send labors. Amen. That's what the, the Bible commands us to pray that way. Pray for the labors. Pray that more people, more churches rise up. That's what we pray. If a church moves in down, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overcome by anything. Praise God. If they're preaching the Bible, they're doing what the Word says. Amen. Praise God. More people added to the kingdom of God. You know, Matthew 10, he gave them authority to cast out demons and to heal. He sent his disciples out, and I know I covered that. And then if you look at chapter 10, you know what, what you, you just read Matthew chapter 10, because it's, it's, a, it's a complete book of encouragement. Jesus just begins to encourage his disciples. You're a disciple of Christ. You, 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 you right now, you're a disciple of Christ. Read Matthew 10 and, and be encouraged by what the word of God says. Because that same word that he's given them, it's the same word that you can allow come into you. Amen. And let's just go here. And I want to close with this tonight. Because to be a disciple, you know, Jesus, Jesus was teaching his disciples that, that they needed to pray. They needed to pray. Take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 6 real quick. Matthew 6, 5. Matthew 6, 5, and Jesus says this, he says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in, in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. You, you guys understand what that means? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're not saying anything. 
The, the, the Bible says ask. I'm not saying you can't say Jesus. But don't, you, you know, because, you know, sometimes people, you know, and I, just a little lesson, because sometimes people will, you know, even with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, people will come up and say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. You're not slowing your mind down to receive anything. Vain repetition. Don't be, you don't have to be, re- he, he, he heard you the first time. So I don't mean that to sound smart, but you don't have to thank, you know, you don't have to thank him over and over and over. And when you pray, do not use vain uh, repetitions as, as heathens do, for they, for they think they will be heard for, for their many words. You know, so be specific. You don't got to, you know, be specific. If you need something from the Lord in prayer, be specific in what you need. Lord, I need a house. Show me how to do this. Do, you know, whatever it may be. Be specific with the Lord and expect him to answer. Amen. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you need before you even ask them. Amen. Amen. So God knows. He, but, you know, the, understand something about prayer. You've got to go to Him. You've got to talk with Him. You know, uh, an unspoken prayer request. Pastor, I get, you, you, you'll get these messages. I have an unspoken prayer request. And I always follow up with, I don't know what to pray. I'm not being a smart like I don't know what to pray for you. With an unspoken prayer. What what do you need me to pray for? Because I want to be able to go to God with a clear, with a, you know, I'm asking God and in, in petitioning God for what it is that you need. I have an unspoken prayer request. Then it'll be, it, it, a lot of times it remains unspoken if you don't know how to pray for what it is that you need. Lord, you know what I need? Okay, now, he, he does. The Bible says he knows what you need, but then the Bible says here clearly, ask him for what it is that you need. So Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah, I, I just think sometimes it's, it's you know, because I used, to, I, you know, I used to do that, you know, just vain whatever, just, you know, not saying, you know, not communicating with God, not knowing how to talk to him. And now I'm just like, okay, now I'm just talking to him like I'm sitting beside him. <laughs> You know, just carrying a conversation on with the Lord. Amen. <sighs> Becoming a disciple. We're going to get, you know, we're going to break into this a little bit and get into what it means to be a disciple of Christ. It will cost you. <laughs> But it's not a bad cost. It's not a bad cost. You know, I, I think sometimes there's, there's the thing in it. There's, there's, there's the growing. There's the stretching in faith. Amen. That when we say yes to Jesus, we choose to be a disciple of him. It's so that we can make disciples of others. I mean, that's. That's the gospel. That's the that's the that's one of the greatest Greatest pieces of the Great Commission. Go. The Bible says go. Even close out today. Ministry, how you can come to the keyboard. Go. The Bible says go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Go. You know, I thought about even, you know, just like, you know, tomorrow night, you know, Melanie's starting a life group around health. It, it's It's not... You know, it's not. (laughs) 
Because, you know, there, there's been people say, well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to come to that. This is not Bible study. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's what people said to me, but that, that's, that's how people sometimes, you can, get, you can get so over-religious. And that's what, you know, Jesus was talking to the, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. You know, you, you can get over-religious. Nobody told me that, Mel. But people can think, well, you know, you got an exercise life group. You know, that's, I just want the Word. I want the Bible. You, you know, to be a disciple, to become a disciple, to make a disciple. May I, you, you know, I remember telling someone, you know, like, you know, I, I want to be a minister. I want to be a pastor. I've called people. Hey, come and go with me. Where are you going? <laughs> We're going to see a family. They don't have anything. They don't have any money. They don't have any food. They don't have... We're going, to go, we're going to go do, this is what we're going to go do. We're going to go to the hospital and we're going to go pray for people. We're going to, we're going to spend a few extra hours this weekend. We're going to work on the church. I know, you know, that's, you shouldn't have to do that. You're the pastor. Miranda took a picture of what, I don't know when it was. <laughs> it's one of the events. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, Something needed done. You know, we just you just you jump in and get it done. You jump in and get it done. But true discipleship, that's what it is. It's it's about getting in the lives of people. You know, I don't I don't show up at someone's house that needs food and said, You need to get a job. You should be working. I give them food. I give them food. That because that that's what the need is. I you know, you 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 know, that's discipleship. That's how, you, that's how you mentor people. That's how you show people the love of Jesus. You, you meet that need. Amen? You know, and I love that because Jesus, what he did was he showed compassion everywhere he went. Other than, other than with the religious people. Because, you know, they were always trying to trip, trip Jesus up. So be compassionate. Be compassionate when you're, when you're, you know, when Pastor Brad says, hey, you know, I need you, I need you to go see this person. Well, I don't feel called to, I don't feel called to that person. We're called to all. I don't, I can't go help them move. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I just don't like them or I don't, you know, I've had, you know, people, I just don't feel that feel called to that you know Jesus in the end of it you know what he was he was washing his disciples feet he was saying I have come to serve I have come to serve and see that's the side of discipleship a lot of times that we just kind of put over here we put over here we put that we put the serving side you know like I'll be a disciple I just want everybody to come to my bible study what is it when somebody in your Bible study group calls and says, you know, hey, I got a problem. See, that's, that's how we're training people. Somebody in our men's group says, hey, I, I got this going on. I know that I can call just about anybody in our men's group and say, hey, we've got this going on. I, I, yeah, I hit Greg up here a couple weeks ago. On a Saturday night, I called him and I said, listen, I need, uh, you have a truck. And I said, uh, I said, by chance, could maybe after Sunday, could you give me a hand? What did he, he answered? He answered. Him and I, we, we drove, we helped, we helped the family. 
You know, you know I'm going to say, even if you got to carry it all in and they sit there and watch you, <laughs> you, 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 you're doing it because you love the Lord. And you don't leave and be like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. You, you do it because you love the, love the Lord. Amen. And the Bible says, well, you know, what you do in secret, He, re, he rewards you openly. Greg and I weren't coming in here saying, you know, guess what we did this weekend? We were moving people. Where were you at? Because, see, people can get that. They can, they can develop that kind of an attitude. We're not doing this to, to look at me. We're doing this to, to glorify God. Amen? We do this to glorify God. Just keep it real. Give people the love of Jesus. Amen? Make sure people are saved. Make sure people understand salvation in your family. You say, Pastor Brad, I, I, don't, I don't know that my, you know, I don't know that my family knows. You pray. You pray about it. But then you pray for God to give you an opportunity to call them up on the phone and say, you know what, I, I want to pray with you today. Can I pray with you? You know, it, it may not be the salvation prayer right then and there. It may be releasing, releasing a word over their life. I just want to, you know, son, daughter, cousin, uncle, auntie, I, I just feel to pray for you today. You begin to soften someone's heart. You begin to, you, you know, and, and God, you know what? God, God moves, God moves that way. He begins to get, he begins to get into their life. You know, even last night, like I said, people coming up to me after, after the meeting, it's just like, you're like, God's been dealing with me on stuff. You know, I, I've had scripture come across my phone, or I did you know, I needed to be here tonight. You know, that's, see, that's how God does it. Just be willing to say yes. And, and like I said, don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand tonight. Thank you, Lord. 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 You know, Mark 16, you know, the Bible says, it says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, if you're in the house tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible is very clear that you... <laughs> That you have to believe upon Him. You have to believe upon Him. 